Thanks so much for joining us. We are so glad that you're online with us today. And I just want to let you know that we've been praying for you. We know this is crazy, but God's in control and we're all battling fear in some way, shape or form. And so as we get ready to jump into our service here in a few minutes, 
I just want to remind you that we have hope in the Lord and we're battling against fear. So check out this video. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us here. We're, uh, we're doing something cool uh, where um, the last six or eight or ten, I have lost track of how many weeks we're doing online. We're still doing the same thing here and online. So thanks for joining us here and online. We're going to stand up together and sing to the Lord. Praise His name with one voice. Come on.
Church family, it's so good to be with you in person. We're online. Can we just thank God we're all in the building, people? Come on, isn't this exciting? Yep. Y'all can have a seat. It's Man, what a, what a privilege it is to be here to worship with you all. Worship with you online. Thanks for being with us today. I just want to share with you guys, families and children are being impacted by these Crossroads care packages. So as you came in, you saw the tables in the lobby with food. Please keep bringing non-perishable items in because children and families are being so impacted. So thank you so much for continuing to bring those in. Those go out every Friday, and we're partnering with Blessings in a Backpack. And then tomorrow, June 8th from 12 to 2, right here in the parking lot. And then we're going to be going out to communities uh, surrounding this church and beyond. Um, we're, we're going to have Blessings of Hope. And so we're bringing, we're taking food, boxes of food, and we're giving them to people in need. And so um, three ways to be involved. You can give, uh, you can also serve, and you can also um, just get the word out. So you can share the Facebook page, which I know many of you have. Thank you so much getting the word out, letting families know. I know some of you have been contacting people, letting them know. I had a family reach out and just said, this is such an answer to prayer because right now we're, we're getting to the end of our food that we have, and, and my husband hasn't been back to work. And so we are given an open door to impact people for Jesus. So that's happening tomorrow, Blessings of Hope. Um, all this information I'm sharing is, is on the front page of our website, too. Hey, grads, you did it, you high school grads. I know you graduated. Come on, we just thank God for our high school grads. I know it was like a rough semester for sure, right? And so high school and college grads, we want to recognize you next weekend. So on the front page of our website is a little uh, form that you can upload a picture and a quick bio. We just want to recognize you in the service next week. Um, so that's June 14th, that, that Sunday. And then we're going to be having movie night starting on June 19th. Again, we're going to have three different uh, movie uh, dates. And so all family-friendly movies come up. Turn your, tune your radio to 87.9. We're going to be playing the, the movie audio through the, your cars, you know, like the, the drive-ins. It's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to that. So the first one is June 19th. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. We're going to be in the parking lot. It's going to be super fun. And then every Wednesday, we've been having prayer gatherings online. And so this Wednesday, I want to welcome you. If you'd like to join us here in the auditorium, we'll be online and and, in person on Wednesday night for our prayer gatherings. And so um, you can join us at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. And uh, I just want to tell you that VBS is happening July 13th to the 17th. Kim and Christy, our children's directors, are going to be in the lobby. If you have any questions and you want to serve on that team, uh, so VBS, we're rolling. It's going to be a mega sports camp, and it's going to be truly mega awesome. Uh, it's going to be really, really fun. Looking forward to that. Psalm 40, 1 through 3, has been a verse in my heart the last couple of weeks, and it's David crying out to the Lord, and, and, and David is being pulled out of the pit. And, it, and then he says, God steadied my feet, and then he gives me a new song. I don't know about you, but like singing and just thinking about how good the Lord is, and obviously with the sun coming in, it definitely helps. But God is restoring us. He's giving us a new song. So let's continue to worship him as we continue this morning. And I just want to let you know that you can continue to give online or in the lobby box or in the auditorium, uh, or as well as you can mail it in. But thank you guys for giving, for being faithful throughout this time. Um, I'm going to pray, and we're just going to continue in worship. Lord, I'm thankful for the sun. I'm thankful for your son, Jesus. Lord, for giving us a new song. Lord, for giving us opportunities to, to, to be your hands and feet to our community, to this world that so desperately needs to see hope. And Lord, during this time of, of unrest in our country, Lord, as Pastor Ken has been challenging and encouraging us, will we, would we be people of prayer? Would we be people of love? Lord, would we be fueled by you? Not fueled by the media, not taught by the media, but would we be taught by you and be with you in prayer as we seek to bring action uh, to this country, which desperately needs love, that need the hope of Jesus Christ. 
Lord, we love you, we exalt you, we worship you in this place. In Jesus' powerful name.
Lord, you're great. We, we sung about your, your greatness here in this place. We love you, Lord, and we just ask you to soften our hearts and lighten our hearts with the words that you would have us here this morning. We thank you for this time that we can be in person here worshiping. And, and uh, for those who are still watching at home, um, just be with us here in this time that we could hear what you want us to hear and that we can go forward saying what you want us to say and living the way you want us to live. So we love you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. In his, his name we pray. Amen. glad to be back, folks. Let's thank our great God. What a great God we serve. <clears throat> Psalm 122, verse 1 says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's be glad this morning. We are back into the house of the Lord. We're just so thankful. Thankful that you're here today. Thankful for those that are continuing to join us online. And uh, as we continue to just uh, reopen, we are reawakening the church and we are getting this place moving, and it's a, it's a real joy to be with you. Church, I just want to say I love you, and I thank you. I, I want to thank you for being a wonderful church. You know, uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder, doesn't it? And you never knew what you had until you didn't have it. And so as we've been away from the church together as a family, it, it has made us just realize how much we need each other, how much we need the family of God and, and what we have here. Like God has just been so good to us. He, is, he has taken care of us and he's never left us any step of the way. And as, as, we, uh, as we jump into this today, before I jump into the message, I'd just like to encourage you. I know that things have been really rough. We've gone through this whole COVID crisis and we're coming out of that. And now we have this unrest all over our country and, uh, and I just want to encourage you to, uh, what, what does God say about these things? You know, it, it's very easy just to go out and have a reaction to everything that's happening. And uh, there's a lot of emotions flying all over the place. But I want to take you to what does God's Word say about this? How do we respond when we see these things that are happening all over the world? And so I, I want to encourage you folks that in the family of God, like as a follower of Christ, there is no room for racism. And as we see that all over our country in this racial tension today, I want to encourage you there is no room for that in, in what God has saved us to. Uh, we just got done studying the book of Galatians. In the book of Galatians it says right here, it says that there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage you, how do we respond? If this is what's supposed to happen, and we say this is, we're to love each other, and, and we don't see that happening in our world right now. And I want to remind you that the family of God, the only way that this can be dealt with is to come to the heart of the matter. The heart of the matter is for somebody has to come to Jesus. And when a person comes to Jesus, he gives them the ability to do what they cannot do. 
He gives them to the ability to love like they've never been able to love before. And so I want to encourage us, family, church family, how do we respond? Number one is to pray. As you see all these events that are happening, pray. Secondly is to listen. Don't react. Listen. Take it in. Listen. And thirdly is to love. And I think if we will move forward with that, God will do great things. Pray, listen, and love. Amen? And so that's my encouragement to you. Um, we, we, you know, I don't speak out on a whole lot of issues, but that's an issue that's clear in the Bible. And so as we are dealing with that today, I want you to know that, that God is working and He is going to use you and He's going to do great things in your life. And church, I want to encourage you as we go out, we be the church. Um, we will continue to grow the family of God as God said it. United, we are one. Amen? Let me just pray for us as a, as a church. Father, I pray that you'll be with us, God, in continuing. We know that you're with us. You said that you would never leave us nor forsake us. God, we do come before you, and we are glad that we are in the house of the Lord today. And as we, as we stand here today celebrating the fact that we are in the house of the Lord, God, we are just so thankful that, uh, that you have never left us, you've never forsaken us. God, thank you as you have ta- taken us through the, the crisis of the COVID And now, guys, we see this unrest all over our country. God, our hearts are broken. Our hearts are overwhelmed. And we we don't even understand um, how or what to do. But we know we can come to you and you will guide us. You can give us ears that will be listening ears and not reactive ears. And then you will give us the compassion of love. And so, God, these are things that are supernatural. We can't do them on our own. We need you to work. And so, God, I pray you'll be with our church, be with our country, be with our land. And, God, as many people do not know you as their Savior, I pray that they would be coming to Jesus. And and as they're listening online today, God, we're doing our part to spread the good news of Jesus Christ and how that you can heal our land. And it's through the gospel of Jesus, not through any um, notion or slogans or anything of that. It's going to come through the power of Jesus Christ. So, God, I pray that you'll use us and transform us as we seek to transform the world for your honor and your glory. In your precious name we pray. Amen. So, flannel graph faith. As you're talking about flannel, as we start out this new series called Flannel Graph Faith, I want to tell you how this happened. I was, um, I was having a deacon meeting, and I was talking to the deacons about opening up church, and I said, well, we'll probably have to have the kids upstairs because uh, not too, you know, we may not have enough people to staff the nurseries and the, and the children's ministries. And, and one of my deacons said, well, you've got to get interactive. Like, you know, jump up and we'll hang you from the ceiling or something. And that was Mark Slago. I was like, hey, thanks, Mark. I appreciate that. And uh, he could hang up there with me, right? And, uh, and so, uh, so he, said, he said, how about flannel graph? Does anybody remember flannel graph? Raise your hand if you remember flannel graph. All right. So about, about a third of you. Flannel graph was the, this, these felt characters that they would make. And whenever I was a kid, they would come and they would, they would put these onto this board. And the teacher would come into the room downstairs to teach a Sunday school. And they'd put this right on the board there. And uh, isn't that magic? It's stuck. Isn't that cool? And you'd come in and they'd put it on there. And the teacher would come in. And they, this is how they taught us Bible stories. And so they would take the Bible stories and they would come up and they'd put them on here. And you'd come up here and all of a sudden here comes a big old tree, you know. Wow. That, that's pretty impressive there. And, and remember, this was like the iPad of the day, okay. That's exactly what it was, all right. So, so, and then, you know, all of a sudden you had a forest. 
and, and it just kept going. And it, they would make much more beautiful scenes than I do. And I've already got some help. Some are going to help me for next week to make it a little bit more beautiful. But what they would do is they would come in and they would start to tell us the story of the of, of the Bible, and we'd start to learn these characters. And, and as we did, I would go home, and I would leave with all of these stories. I would know the story, but quite often I would forget the, the application. Quite often I would forget, like, how this applies to my life. And for many of you, you may have heard some of these stories. And I hate to call them stories, folks, because they're really not stories. They're history. They are history. And you go and you read in the Bible, you see the history of these things that actually happened. And you take these things and you apply them to your life. How, how am I going to deal with life? How, how, how am I going to be able to learn and walk with, in faith today if I don't catch the depth of this? I can know history, but I want to take and I want to know the application. How does God use this in my life? So as we get started today, we're going to be heading over here in just a few moments in the book of Judges. But let me tell you, there was a cycle that would happen with the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel, they would start to follow God. They were his people. And he said that he would be their God. And he said, listen, I want you to follow me. And as you follow me, I will bless you. So God starts to bless them. And they have all these symbols of blessing. Well, that one's not blessed. All right. Here's a bunch of flowers. You got wheat. Got lots of wheat today, guys. All right. Grapes. And they would have all these symbols of blessing, right? And so you would see this prosperity would happen. And their land would flourish and it would grow. And then what would happen was they would fall away from God. They would become complacent. And, and, and you know what? It's so easy to happen. Like God's blessing. And you know, have you ever noticed that when times are good, it's easy to relax that and fall away? Have you ever noticed that? Like, like in the middle of March when they came out and said, we're closing everything down and we want the online church, man. Boy, every, everybody's watching online. Every pastor I knew had online. Everything was real high. And then as things got relaxed, all of a sudden, well, we're on the boat this weekend. We're here. We're there. And they relax, right? Well, this is kind of what happened with the nation of Israel. They'd come in to, be with G, uh, come in to follow their God. And God says, listen, I love you. You're my people. I'm going to take care of you. And they would be like, yeah, we're right here. And then he'd bless them. And it just got comfortable. And then God would go through this cycle with the nation of Israel because they would walk away from God and then God would, would have to get their attention and he would quite often bring oppression upon them. He would let other enemies come upon them and, and, and seize them at moments to, to get their attention so that they would return back to their God. And the whole story is this, is that God loves you too much to let you walk away. Like that God, God cares about you and loves you, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get your attention. So he does this with the children of Israel. He says, listen, you're my children. I'm going to get your attention, and here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to use the, uh, the evil enemy here. And here's what he did. Over in Judges chapter 6, verse 1, we're going to talk today about a man named Gideon. And this is so powerful because at this time, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. And thus, the teacher would come along and put up all the soldiers. This is the best part here. I love this, all right? Here comes the soldiers, right? And so these soldiers would be taking the nation of Israel. And by the way, you know what's really cool about these? These later on, when you get to the New Testament, become the Roman centurions. It's pretty cool. 
It was the early days of plug and play, all right? And, uh, and so now, now here, here's all, all, all the enemies come upon them. And he says here, he says, listen, the Israelites did evil in their sight, uh, in the sight of the Lord. He handed them over for seven years. Verse 2, it says, the Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. They were under some severe oppression, under severe seizing, and so it was like they made life really, really hard for these people, for the nation of Israel, for God's people. When they cried out to the Lord, verse 7, when they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, because of the enemy, so remember, they, they were complacent. They had all these wonderful things that the blessings of God. God says, man, I am blessing you. I'm taking care of you. You're my people. They drifted away. And then God says, I'm using all these Midianites. This enemy is going to come upon you. And when they cried out, the Lord sent the prophet to them. The prophet came and proclaimed the word of the Lord. He came and gave God's word. Today, you and I have the Bible. And so God speaks to us always through his words. So he would use a prophet to come and speak to him. So the prophet would come. And what would he do? The prophet would come and remind him of two things. And as you go back and you can read it for yourself, Judges chapter 6, he reminded him, number one, of this. He said, God reminded him of what he has done. God has been with you in the past. He has helped you in the past. And then number two, God has reminded you of what they have done. In other words, he says, listen, God has uh, delivered you. Don't you remember God got us out of Egypt? God reminds him that that's who he is. He's the same God. And then he reminds you of that you have sinned. And he says, listen, we've got to deal with this because you've walked away from your God. Judges 6.10, I told you I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live. But you have not listened to me. Folks, that's a powerful statement from God to his children. You have not listened to me. And how many times in our life do we go that route? We haven't listened to God. Like, that's why in this whole world that we're in right now, I'm encouraging you to pray, to listen to God, to love. He says, you haven't listened to me. You haven't come to me. You've done what was right in your own eyes. You do not listen to me. Then the angel of the Lord, verse 11, then the angel of the Lord comes along and he finds this guy named Gideon. And he goes over to Gideon. Gideon was, look at this, Gideon was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide the grain from the Midianites. So he's just going along. He's living his normal life. And then the angel of the Lord comes on him. The angel of the Lord comes on him. The next verse. So the angel of the Lord appears to him and says, The Lord is with you. Mighty man of valor. Now, here, this is so cool. He comes over to Gideon, and uh, Gideon now appears in our little flannel graph, right? Gideon appears, and Gideon is a mighty man of valor. Just one problem. Gideon doesn't know it. God comes and tells him, Gideon, you are a mighty man of valor. I am going to choose you. I want you to do something with me, for me. The Lord is with you, mighty man of valor. So Gideon replies, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Have you heard that question throughout the last three months, four months? Since the middle of March, how many people, how many of your friends have asked, where is God now? Why is God letting this happen? Listen, that's not a new question. And here is Gideon. Now imagine this. Gideon is talking to God himself. Like he's not questioning. He's not Facebook posting that. He's coming right to God and saying, God, if you're really God, 
If the Lord is really with me, you said you're going to choose me. I'm a mighty man of valley. The Lord is with me. If that's true, why is this all happening to us? And where are all the miracles your ancestors told us about? Didn't they say the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of slavery, but now the Lord has abandoned us and he's handed us over to the Midianites? Then the Lord turned to him and he says, Go with the strength that you have and rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. He says, Go ahead. I want you to go out and I want you to do this. But Gideon is really having a tough time. He says, But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. As if God didn't know that already, right? Like, he has to come and tell him all the excuses why. Do you you see this pattern in Scripture? Moses, God comes and says, Moses, I want you to do something. And what does Moses say? I I, 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 I stutter. Use my brother. No, no, no. God says, I want to use you. I want you. You stutter. I want to use you, right? And so this is what God was saying to him. He goes, I know you're from the weakest tribe. And then Gideon goes, he says, and I'm the least in my entire family. I am not no mighty man of valor. I, I'm not who you say I am. And listen, folks, we've got to keep coming back. Who does God say that we are? Who does God say that you are? And start taking that application into your life. God has called you the child of God. You can handle this. You can do this because, not because of your strength, but because God is with you. And when you keep understanding this, God is with me. God is with me. He'll never leave me. You can do what he's called you to do. Folks, as I'm looking here, and I'm, I'm wanting to take not just the story. I'm not just taking the history. What's the lesson that I'm learning? And I already start to see this as it unfolds, is that victory starts with faith. God was going to give Gideon victory, victory over the Midianites. And where did it start? He had to have faith. He had to, he had to learn that who he is in Christ. And he had to learn that God is really God. The Lord said to him, I'll be with you, and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. As if you were just one man, uh, only one man you're going up against. That's how I'm going to fight, and, and I'm going to take care of this down for you. And there were hundreds and hundreds and thousands upon thousands of them. As a matter of fact, we're going to read a little bit later here that he says that they were like, like locusts. Remember when the year of the locusts? You ever see the year of the locusts, you know? And they come, come and they take over the land, and there's just thousands of them. You can take a shovel out there and shovel out the locust, right? It's really nasty, really gross, right? He says that's what the Midianites were like. That's how, that's how many of them. They were, they, were, they were outnumbered. To the children of Israel, to the Midianites, their war, they had chariots, they had everything. They were outnumbered compared to the children of Israel. And so victory starts here. God says, I'm going to have you do something as if you, as if you were taking down only one man. Gideon's desire is to grow in his faith. Listen, God wanted to grow him, and Gideon wants to grow, but he has to know. And I think many times people are looking to say, do I really know who God is? And it's okay if you ask God some questions, folks. It's okay if you keep digging, because the more you dig, the more you're going to find. And God's going to show you here. Because as you go through the, uh, through the Judges chapter 6 there, you'll see that Gideon seeks after God. And how does he do it? Number one, he's having this discussion with the, uh, with the angel of the Lord. He's like, if this is really you, tell me how this is going to work. Like, you've got to prove yourself that you're God. You know, when, when did you be like, okay, if you're really God. Now, if God come and had, you had like a verbal discussion with God, right? You'd be asking for a sign, too. You'd be like, uh, God, uh, 
make my lawn tractor cut the grass for me, right? Do something to show me, like, you want me to go up against this really big army, and you've got to show me that this is really, really you. So God tells him to bring his offering. He goes and he gets this meal and, and, and meat and bread, and he puts it on a stone. He puts it on a rock, and God consumes it with fire. The angel of the Lord consumes it with fire. And all of a sudden, Gideon goes, okay, it's God now. I get it. And then God keeps growing his faith. He keeps seeking God. He goes into this thing about the fleece. Do you ever hear about the fleece where he puts out a fleece? It's so wild. He, he takes a piece of wool and he puts the piece of wool out onto the, onto the uh, grass. And he goes before God. He says, okay, God, if you really want me to lead this army, I, I, I know you're telling me, but if you really want me to do this, I'm going to put this fleece out. And you know the dew comes every day. So I'm going to put this fleece out. And when the dew comes tomorrow, would you let the dew just be on the grass and not on the fleece? So he goes and he does it. And God's, God works with him. And God says, okay. And the next morning he woke up and the dew was everywhere but not on the fleece. And Gideon goes, well, just to be sure, just to be sure, could you do this again? And tomorrow I'm going to put the fleece out. And, and could you put the dew only on the fleece and not on the grass around? And the next day he comes out and the, the dew is only on the fleece and not on the grass around. And you see, what was going on? God was growing him. And, and I wouldn't encourage you to be a fleece. Don't do the fleece thing. You know what I mean? Uh, many people will do that. I applied for a job. If they call back, it's God's will. Well, what if you get five calls back from the other five companies you applied to? What is God's will then? So, so don't go with the fleece. Go with the trust. And here's what was happening here. Gideon was learning to trust God. God was developing his faith. He was growing him. And, and here's the other thing. Gideon didn't have the completed word of God. You and I have the complete word of God. Gideon didn't have the indwelling spirit of the Lord. He was talking to him, and then he's like, we've got the indwelling spirit of God Almighty. So God is moving. God is doing great things in, uh, in your life. But don't, don't go to the fleece. Don't, don't go to that. Well, you know what? If he call, Listen, you might get a call back for the interview. It may be God's will. may not be God's will. You and God got to figure that out. But the guy could call you back, and it may not be God's will. So the fleecing is not necessarily the, the litmus test. Um, Gideon begins to prepare for battle because his faith has grown. He goes, okay, I really believe it. God is really going to work. He's really going to do something, so I'm, I'm ready to go. And so victory, the next step for victory, victory comes when we listen and respond to God. Check that out. Listen and respond to God. So as you hear the word of the Lord, and this is where most Christians stop, they just either listen or they go and they do what they want to do. It's easy for us to respond to, to culture, easy for us to respond to things in our world, and, and just go and you never listen to God. And we can just go into action. Or you can just go to listen and never do anything. We're seeing here Caleb, Caleb Gideon. Gideon says twice here uh, that, that he follows God after he listens to God, then he responds. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many troops. Now, here's what's happened. He comes along, and he's got all of these soldiers, and he did his homework because he really understands. He's listened to God. Now he's responded. He's rounded up 32,000 men to go out and go to battle with the Midianites, 32,000, which, by the way, 32,000 was still way outnumbered. 
there, were, there, there might have been 100,000 or more of the Midianites. You have 32,000 Israelites. This was no match. Like, like Israel couldn't do this in their own power. So, but, but Gideon said, all right, God, you've called me. I'm going into action. I've listened to you, and I'm responding. And then God comes to him again and says, uh, listen, you have too many troops for me to, uh, for me to hand the Midianites over. Too many for me to do my work. Or else Israel might elevate themselves over me and say, I have saved myself. It says, if you go with your third 2,000 men, Israel could easily say it was all about them. And look at their mighty power that their 32,000 took on this big army. He says, now announce to the troops, verse 3. Now announce to the troops, whoever is fearful and trembling may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 of the troops turned back, but 10,000 remained. Now think about this, folks. Ah, digital Digital flannel graph. You like that, huh? All right, so I want you to think about this. The Lord, the, he, he comes to him. He says, you've got too many men. Send 22,000 home. Wait a minute. Uh, announce to them who's ever fearful and trembling. Fear is contagious, folks. Have you noticed that? In the world we live, fear is contagious. The, the most thing I've spread, seen spread in the last three months is fear. Way more than any disease. Fear has gripped people. It's paralyzed people. And God says, when we're going into battle, take the 22,000 fearful and send them home. Because I'm going to do something bigger than that. And and God was using a practical thing here. He didn't need the, the tactical. There was a tactical here. He says, listen, tell them to go home. You are fearful. Go home. Practical, but yet very discouraging to Gideon. I mean, Gideon worked hard. I mean, rounding up 32,000 recruits, that's a whole lot of work. Then the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many troops. Take them down by the water and I will test you. I will test them for you there. If I tell you this one can go with you, he can go. But if I say about anyone, this one cannot go, then he cannot go. So he brought, the troops to, he brought the troops down to the water, and the Lord said to Gideon, Separate everyone who laps water with his tongue like a dog. Right? Did you ever watch your dog go, go lap up water? It, it, it's pretty comical, isn't it? You, know? you, you go in there, and we have this little dog bowl, and he's just, he's just down there. I go into the kitchen, and it's, it's amazing. He'll hear me, and he'll turn around, and he'll look up at me like, then he sees I'm not there to take his food, and he goes right back down. Right? God said all the guys that went down to lap up like a dog, and then everyone who went on their knees. If you're on your knees, you're taking up, and you're going like this, right? Look what he says here. Digital flannel graph number two. The number of those who lapped with their hands to their mouth was 300. And all the rest of the troops knelt to drink water. The Lord said, I will deliver you with the 300 who lapped, uh, who knelt down there and hand the Midianites over to you. But everyone else is to go home. Now Gideon did his work, guys. 32,000 people strong. God says, I need less than 1% of your work. 1%. Less than 1%. 300 guys. And God's saying, listen, I'm going to show you. I, the Lord, I'm going to deliver the Midianites to your hand. This is going to be about what I'm going to do, not what you're going to do. 
And too many times, folks, we go to what we can do. And you're supposed to respond. But listen how Gideon, God grew his faith. And God, he trusted God. Like, could you imagine Gideon? God, what are you thinking? 300? You really want me to take down the swarms of locusts with 300 people? Come on. So Gideon sent all the Israelites to their tents, but kept the 300 troops who took their provisions and ran horn. The camp of Midian was below him in the valley. So God keeps growing our faith. God keeps growing our faith. And folks, God doesn't grow your faith unless there's risk. You've got to catch this. Faith does not grow without risk. We have been in a tremendous season of pain in our country. And we will continue to be. And we will not grow our faith without that risk. And so I want to encourage you, your faith, this is the time not for your faith to run, but for your faith to grow. And God says, listen, in these moments is where I'm going to grow your faith. That night the Lord said to, said to him, he comes to Gideon, and he says, get up and attack the camp, for I have handed it over to you. But, I love this, if you are afraid. Now think about what's going on in, in Gideon's mind. But if I am afraid, yeah, God, you just took 30, you know, 31,000 troops away from me and uh, almost 32, you know, I've only got 300 left and you're asking me if I'm afraid. But if you're afraid to attack the camp, go down with Pura, your servant, listen to what they say, and then you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So what did he do? He went down with Pura, his servant, to the outpost of the troops who were in the camp. Digital flannel graph number three. And he's down there, and he's listening. And he's paying attention to what they're saying. And, he, and, and as he goes, the Scripture sets it up. It says that the, the Midianites, the Amalekites, all the, the army he was going to go against were like swarms of locusts. That their camels, that was the sign of their strength, their power, were innumerable as the sands on the seashore. So he's going down, and I catch it, and all of a sudden he hears this. When Gideon arrived, there was a man telling his friend about a dream. He said, listen, I had a dream. A loaf of barley came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck a tent, and it fell. The loaf turned the tent upside down so that it collapsed. His friend answered, this is nothing less than the sword of Gideon. The Israelite. God has handed over the entire Midianite camp over to him. Now, could you imagine that? God said, if you're afraid, go down. I'm going to send you. And so, so he's hearing these Midianites. They're having this dream. And he says, listen, I had this dream. A loaf of bread come tumbling down and, not, and capsized the tent. And his friend says, well, that must be God. And imagine how, how Gideon goes back after that. Gideon is so on fire. He's like thanking God. He's saying, man, I cannot wait to go in and attack now. And look what he did. When Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to the Israel camp and said, get up, for the Lord has handed the Midianite camp over to you. So how do we respond to God? He re- he's heard the word of the Lord. He bows in worship. Folks, that's what we've come to do today. Amen? You've come to bow and worship. In light of everything, we see God as good. We bow and worship. And then he says, get up. There's action. There's something for us to do. Get up. And so we bow and worship, and then we get up and we go into action. Then he divided the 300 men into the companies, into three companies, and he gave each of the men a ram's horn. 
in one hand and an empty pitcher with the other uh, with a torch in the other hand. Watch me, he said uh, to them, and do what I do. When I come to the outpost the camp, of the camp, do as I do. When I and everyone with me blow our ram's horn, you also blow your ram's horn, and all around the camp, then you will say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And so there he goes. He's explaining to his team. He gets them ready. And so Gideon and the hundred men who were with him went out to the outpost of the camp. And at the beginning of the middle watch after the sentries had been stationed, they blew their ram's horn and broke the pitchers in their hands. The three companies blew their ram's horns and shattered their pitchers. They held their torches in their left hands and their ram's horn to blow in the right hands. And they shouted the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. I was telling this last night about the ram's horn. And a fellow came here. He was a guest. The first time I've ever met him. He comes up afterwards. He goes, would you like to hear me blow one of those? I have one in the car. I said, are you kidding me? He said, no, come on out to the car. And he had the ram's horn. He had two of them. I said, what? I've never seen anybody just have one in your car. You know? And uh, he goes, I thought about bringing it inside, but people might, like, look. And I was like, yeah, okay. But uh, we, we, he shared it out there. It was so awesome. Each Israelite took his position around the camp, and the entire Midianite army began to run and they cried out as they fled and check it out when Gideon's men blew their horns right uh, 300 ram's horns then the Lord caused the men and the whole army to turn to each other with their own swords the enemy defeated themselves. not one soldier of Israel had to harm anybody Who's God now? What kind of God do you want to follow? This is the kind of God I want to follow. The God who says, listen, I told you I'm going to do it. I got your 32,000 men. I only need 300 of them, and I don't even need 300 of them. I'm going to show you how to do it. And he goes out and he fights the battle. Folks, the battle is won in the power of the Lord. The God who reassured. And listen, without, and this is where I want you to catch us today. Because I went to this and I knew the story of Gideon for all my life. But I've caught some big things out of this. It's about faith. It's about God growing your faith. It's about overcoming fear. And how do I overcome fear? I trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus. I remember singing this song as a kid. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. You remember that song? Yeah, some of you remember it. But to trust and obey. And you know what? I used to hate that when I was a kid. You know why? Because I sang 30 verses. No, I'm just kidding. Do you know why I didn't like that as a kid? Because all I heard was obey. And all I heard was, I'm not good enough, and I can't obey, and, and I'm a bad person. That's not the message. It's trust. Do you know when you trust somebody, you'll do anything they say. I'm looking at some of you with families. There's Max and Chanel, got their kids, right? Your kids trust you, Max, right? They'll do anything you say. They'll do anything you say. Yeah. Until they're about 18. <laughs> or maybe 12. <laughs> okay? But right now, your daughter's got her head on your lap. She's thrilled. 
And that's what God says. I want you to trust me and obey. Whenever you trust, you'll obey. Nothing less. You have to have the trust first. And I want to take you to trust God. Folks, the world has been turned upside down. Online, here today, I want to invite all of us to trust and obey. For it's the sword of the Lord. And every one of us have the sword of the Lord. Let's go close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, I want to invite you to Jesus. I want to invite you to go beyond the history, beyond the story to the, to the faith. And I want to encourage you that Jesus died on the cross. He paid for your sin. He came back to life again for you. And He's calling you to trust Him today. He's calling you to open up your heart and call on Him. And if that's you, you say, Pastor Ken, I have not yet opened my heart. I have not yet trusted Jesus as my Savior. I want, to, I want you to call on Him today. Just say, Dear Jesus, I need you. you. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And, and I want to invite you into my heart right now. I want to trust you. And for others here today, maybe you've been following God for a long time. And you've always took the obey part. And you were afraid of that like I was. But if you hold the hand of God and you trust Him, and He leads you, He leads you to love your neighbor. He leads you to humble yourself. He leads you to take a step of faith. As long as you're trusting, you can obey. Father God, be with each one of us today as we respond to Your Word. Thank You for the time that we've had together. In Your name we pray. Amen. All right, folks, we're thankful that you were here today. Thanks for celebrating the reopening. And uh, we'll be back next week. Let's all stand together. We'll dismiss from the the, uh, back aisles out first. And uh, feel free to hang out all day on the parking lot and talk and chat and uh, greet one another, just not with a handshake. God bless.
knows a mind awakes. No words come to fill the space. Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great. Too great to be bound by little 